ஹலோ அண்ட் வெல்கம் டு சங்கம் லிட் திஸ் இஸ் நந்தினி கார்கே அண்ட் இன் திஸ் எபிசோட் வி பர்சீவ் அண்ட் இன்டைரக்ட் டெக்னிக் ஆஃப் ரெண்டரிங் லாரல்ஸ் அண்ட் டு அ கிங் ஆஸ் டெபிக்டட் இன் சங்கம் லிட்ரரி ஒர்க் புறநானூறு தேர்ட்டி நைன் பெண்ட் அபவுட் த சோலா கிங் குளமுற்றத்து துஞ்சிய கிள்ளி வளவன் பை த போயட் மாரோகத்து நப்பசலையார் set in the category of padantine or king's praise the verse describes the glories of this chola king and his ancestors puravin allil solliya karayadi yanai valmaruppu erinda venkadai kol nirai tulaam pukkon maruga eedal nen pugalum andre சார்தல் ஒன்னார் உட்கும் துன்னரும் கடுந்திரல் தூங்கையையில் எரிந்த நின் உங்கனோர் நினைப்பின் அடுதல் நின் புகழும் அன்றே கெடு இன்று மரம்களு சோழர் உரந்தை அவையத்து அறம் நின்று நிலையிற்று ஆகலின் அதனால் முறைமை நின் புகழும் அன்றே மரம் மிக்கு எழுசமம் கடந்த எழு உரல் திணித்தோள் கண்ணார் கண்ணி களிமான் வளவ யாங்கனம் மொழிகோயானே ஓங்கிய வரை அளந்து அறியா பொன்படு நெடுங்கோட்டு இமயம் சூட்டிய ஏம விற்பொறி மான்வினை நெடுந்தேர் வானவன் தொலைய வாடா வஞ்சி வாட்டும் நின் பீடுகளு நோண்தாள் பாடுங்காலே once again this poet celebrates the chola king killivalavan referencing his famous ancestor sibi the poet's words can be translated as follows you are a king who comes from the lineage of the great one who entered a scale fitted with a ruler made from the white tusk of a thick-footed elephant so generosity will not render fame unto you even a formidable hanging fortress that enemies feared to approach was attacked and claimed by your ancestors when we consider that an attack will not render fame unto you in the court of urandai of the valorous cholas flawless justice has been reinstated long ago and so righteousness too will not render fame unto you O Lord who vanquishes those who had risen up against you with striking courage wearing alluring garlands atop a proud horse how am i to sing of your great actions that makes unfading vanji fade and ruins that king with well-edged tall chariots the one who has planted his flag with a bow symbol in those unmeasured soaring gold-tipped peaks of the Himalayas time to delve deeper into these words about the chola king the poet starts by talking about the act of sibi the king who gave away flesh from his own body equal to the weight of a doe so that an eagle will leave it alone an ancient story that might have had a simple and realistic core possibly enhanced and exaggerated over the generations the interesting detail the poet renders here is the description of the weighing scale and the material its ruler was made of relating that it was from the tusk of an elephant do note this interesting detail and we will delve into it shortly returning we find the poet narrating about how the king placed a part of himself to end the anguish of a doe the reason he says this is that being compassionate and generous is not going to render 
any further fame to the Chola king Killiwalavan because the king comes in the lineage of that king who offered such a noble sacrifice. Next, the poet talks about how the king's ancestors dared to attack an unassailable fort and won victory over it and how such attacks too are not going to bring this king any fame. Turning to how justice has been established for long in the Urande court of the Cholas, the poet adds that being righteous also will not help the king attain fame. Talk about being born in the shadow of greatness. After relating about the seeming misfortune of the king to be born in this incredibly famous line of ancestors, the poet turns to the radiant appearance of the king on a battle horse wearing a glowing garland. He then laments, asking how else is he to celebrate the great victory of this Chola king who has destroyed the capital of the ruler who is said to have planted his flag bearing a bow on the peaks of the Himalayas. To explain what that last line means, we need to know that the flag bearing a bow symbol belonged to the Cheras who ruled over the eastern portion of the ancient Tamil land. And this statement seems to refer to the Chera king Imayavaramban translated as the one whose borders extend to the Himalayas. Sounds like a hyperbole to render glory unto this Chera king. By turning the focus on the enemy's greatness and the Chola king's victory over such a king, the poet elevates that Chola king. The unique technique of celebrating the king the poet employs here is, as he is handing bouquet after bouquet of praise to the king, he seems to be wondering how to present a bouquet of praise. In other words, even as he glorifies the compassion, courage and justice of this Chola king, he asks how is he to do the same. From these intricate strategies of poets to praise their patrons, we can turn our attention to the detail about the scale in the story of King Sibi and the Dao. The poet mentions how that white, well-etched ruler is made from the tusk of an elephant. On searching about such objects, I found mentions of ivory rulers and weighing scales yet again from Indus Valley excavations at Mohenjadaro. It never fails to amaze me to see tangible objects from that distant past, from what is said to be another culture amidst the words of these Sangam poems. Hopefully, science will say with conviction one day if these are a mere coincidence or an evidence of continuity. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sangam Lit and journeying with me to ancient lands and mines. Please visit nandinikarki.com to share your thoughts and do spread the word about Sangam Lit. Until next time, Nandri Vanakkam.